The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and Sue Martin joins us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. I saw a post, Sue. You know, you and I were just talking about the delay before we started the Final Bell, about the delay that we've seen in the planting. And I saw a post earlier on social media from a farmer that says, I know spring is coming because the noisy birds are back in my trees. So if there's any glimp of optimism, it was right there. Yes. Absolutely, and that's nice to hear. Well, you know, we look at this market and, and the planting delays that are happening. I mean, you were just talking about Mason City, Iowa, 12 inches of snow on the ground. Planting isn't going to happen in the next week by any means in the upper Midwest. We're hoping in our area here that we can be in the field after about a week, a good week of warmer weather. And, and the temperatures are forecast to be warming up this next week. And so the 6 to 10 day and the 8 to 14 day forecast, while it is, you know, drier, which is a good thing, and, um, you know, maybe a little warmer, it's still going to run below normal. So that doesn't allow you to, to, that, to allow those uh, temperatures in the soil and the wet soil. We're really charged here with moisture. So uh, rivers are up as the snow has melted and what have you. Um, you know, the frost is out of the ground. So, you know, we need a good, good week of warm weather to kind of bring that temperature in the soil up. Uh, this water or this uh, snow will melt fast. Uh, it's pretty wet. So that's, that's the good side of it. And it should be the last one that we're dealing with. So we're thinking May 1st. Which would be a good day. Producers just need to kind of stay calm. And, and it sounds like the market's really kind of watching that, too, because there's been so much discussion about where we're sitting and even some little bit of ripples of could beans steal away acres from corn. But a lot can be planted in a short amount of time. Oh, I can. With this equipment size that we have these days, it doesn't take long. And, you know, our, our take on that is, yes, we could maybe pick up some bean acres in the south. That's possible. But truthfully, when you look at North Dakota, for example, um, it's late up there for the spring wheat, and we think they're looking at an increased year of uh, acres uh, going in to prevent plant. You know, this year is very similar in behavior and weather to 2013 and 2011. And in those years, you've seen, it was ironic, you've seen less corn and less bean acres because farmers in, like, North Dakota opted to go into the prevent plant program rather than switching over to soybeans or corn and that may happen this year again well speaking of soybeans they had a bit of a struggle in the trade today saw some lower numbers is it just the bull spreads are they unwinding what seems to be the the catalyst behind the lower numbers well we had some timing here for uh the 15th 16th and again on the 18th for a market to put in we think a low but I think that this low that we're looking at on the beans could be pulling back and it's building what we call a head and shoulders bottom. It shows up especially in a continuous daily chart. And, you know, beans kept pushing and wearing themselves out. They were losing momentum, even though they were getting up around that 1060 level or just under basis seal crop on the May. 
and they were just kind of, and then, of course, against the 1050 level on the November new crop. So we, it was like we were wearing out of momentum. So the market's going to take a breath, step back. It looks like the weather's going to start changing a little bit. The midday GFS model, of course, is, is showing this as the European model. And so I think what's going to happen is the market started to, to extract some weather premium out. And so that's pulling this market back, but we don't see it just melting. We could drop maybe another 17, 20 cents on the old crop. I wouldn't underestimate that. But then I think we catch and we start chopping in a little bit of a sideways affair, and then we start right back up. And, of course, if we want to see higher prices, we sure want to see the beans close over on the May, over 10.44 and a half on the last day of this month. Good things to keep in mind. Export-wise, though, Sue, it is, we're sitting at Thursday, and it's probably one of the quietest weeks I can remember for lack of export numbers. Well, it is. Uh, we haven't had much at all, uh, you know, announced by private exporters, and I think that's kind of interesting. But Brazil also has been sort of quiet as well. But the thing I think that's interesting, our export sales number here today came out at uh, just, well, around 1,040,400. Let me try that again. One million forty thousand metric tons. It that basically we only have to do one hundred six point seven every uh, week to meet the USDA estimate. We are now sitting at ninety six point one percent of the current USDA's estimate for what we're going to export this year, and the five year average is ninety four point five percent. So we're actually running ahead of the five year average by one point six percent regardless of all the rhetoric about tariffs and what have you that we've been seeing. But we forget about that because we're so focused on tariffs. Oh, we are. And that's kind of an emotional thing. But the bottom line, at the end of the day, you're going to look at with Argentina being the country that had the most um, old crop stocks of soybeans, now having to use those to to get them by into the new because of the crop size having deteriorated so far due to drought. Well, you know, at the end of the day, there's only so much for them to export down in Brazil. And the world buyers are going to come back to us anyway. We're probably going to see demand pretty good by the time we hit the 1st of August. So if we see that demand, can we maybe bank on some higher prices come August, September? Well, you know, I'm of the opinion that this year we put a low in in August. And how I come by that is that, um, and I think it's going to be your yearly lows. Um, first off, the last two years you've had your harvest lows there, but I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the fact that we have huge carries on soybeans, and those normally are thought to be negative. And our carries in the years past, since 1960, whenever we had a carryout of over 400 million bushels on beans, we tended to put low. There were only four times, granted, but on all four of those, we put lows in in August. Good things to think about. Stick around, folks. More than- Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Sue Martin joins us from Ag Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. We look at this wheat market. We've got, obviously got the colder temperatures to the north, warm, dry weather to the south. As the wheat is leaving dormancy, this winter wheat, uh, concerns um, of what we might have seen from freeze damage and uh, obviously the dry weather as we continue to move into this week? Well, certainly is. And, of course, uh, wheat broke hard into some timing we had this week, again, on the 15th, 16th, and on the 18th, looking for it to be a low. 
and certainly we believe it was. Now, granted, sometimes you get these lows and the market bounces and then it falls through, but you get a chatter or a response, and this could be the low. Uh, the one thing we note that uh, with these uh, forecasts, you know, we broke on calling of forecasts calling for heavier rains, and now all of a sudden they're pulling the rain out. I mean, there's still some in there, but when you look at uh, Texas and Oklahoma, uh, the panhandle is expected to see only trace amounts of maybe a half inch this weekend. And so that is the concern because then the forecast also turns warmer for the uh, southern plains and also for parts of the Midwest starting next week, about the middle of next week. So that is the concern uh, because bottom line is, you know, they need the rain now, that crop. And what rain they get, we'll see what it does for it. It's almost like it's getting too late anyway. Um, but, you know, rain can be psychological. And as far as Kansas goes, it's like that state's just about almost going to be pretty much missed. It has seemed to be a year-over-year pattern for them with this wheat market. Oh, very much. And less acres on the hard red. So certainly we're looking at, um, you know, the Kansas Wheat Quality Tour starts here on the 30th of April and goes through May 3rd. So it's, you know, they won't go into the areas where it's been, they've had the fires. You know, if they do anything like last year, they didn't do that because it's gone. You can't, aren't going to see anything. So they're going to hit the areas where they know there should be crops and then we'll get to see just how good. I had seen on uh, Twitter where Darren Newsom had been going through and looking at some wheat in Kansas. And he was basically, it almost seemed like the best yield he was coming up with was. So it's going to be interesting because a big portion of these crops of the major producing, and Kansas is your leading state for hard red winter wheat. You know, if you look at soft red, that crop looks pretty darn good to the east. They've caught rain. And, you know, and Susan, you had said, told me before when you were in Illinois how beautiful the crop looked. Mm-hmm. But the hard red is just the opposite. And then to the north, we have the hard red spring that might not get planted or some of it planted and the rest of it go by way of prevent plant. The wheat market's really crying for something better. And I think what it is, the market, like any weather market, if for a while you infuse what uh, the weather premium needs to be in. Everybody believes the story. Then all of a sudden, when you got everybody on board, well, who's left? So the market pulls back on any rain forecast. Now we're going to start hearing what the crop really does look like and what we can expect for yields. Let's jump over to the livestock side. The cattle market saw some light to moderate gains. They've done some suffering as well, especially when we look into Oklahoma and even southern Kansas where the fires have moved through. Are you guys, as commodity brokers, watching that and watching the cattle market at the same time and seeing the interaction? Well, we are. And yet, you know, again, the market's ignoring that. Um, It ignored the uh, bad snowstorms that we've had you know, where calves, newborn calves have succumbed or through the winter in the north, like in Montana, where storm after storm hit for eight weeks in a row. And yet the market ignored death loss, weight losses, um, cattle just doing poorly. It was like the market just, it was like it just didn't care. Well, that'll show up eventually down the road when we have less numbers coming at us. But for now, the market seems to be really more intently focused on the number of cattle that should be coming here as we get into mid-May. We think that the numbers of cattle are still going to be delayed out a little bit. We pulled them ahead awfully aggressively. 
and I heard even out of uh, Kansas, four feedlots that had cattle that weren't even going to be ready for 20 to 25 days. So you're talking at least maybe into almost mid-May. Well, then you look to the north, and again, with all the storms and the cattle been held back, um, you know, I even heard there was some talk of 128 being paid today in Minnesota for cattle. So I think that when we look at this cattle market, it's moved up. The April is indicative of the cash and about, and also indicative of what we might see here at the end of April into May. However, you look at June's and there's a, you've got a $14.80 spread between April and June. And then between the, and the cash market even greater. Well, I look at this market and it's amazing how this market is performing almost on cue to the year of 2006. A larger increase in beef production in the second quarter than the previous year and also than the first quarter. Best way for Sue for folks to be able to reach you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And one just little tidbit, those June cattle that year in 2006 turned after that break into the 23rd of April and started moving higher. And before it was all said and done, August cattle made new highs for the year. Good to keep in mind. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.